0: Radioinfluence.com.
1: Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday.
0: Now, here's your host, T.J. Reed. All right, welcome in. It is a championship edition of Three Dog Thursday as we do get ready. For the conference championship games for the nfc and the afc it will be the new orleans saints and the la rams rematching a regular season win by the saints at home it will be the kansas city chiefs hosting the new england patriots first time ever that the chiefs have hosted a conference championship game (laughs) And New England won the regular season matchup earlier this year, but that was at home. This one now in Kansas City. We're ready to talk about those games, kind of recap the playoffs last week. Oh, and we have some college basketball to get to as well. And without further delay, cannot do this alone. No, 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 no. Let's bring in senior handicapper and writer VegasInsider.com. Mr. Kevin Rogers is back with me for another edition talking playoffs, college hoops and more. How you feeling, my friend?
1: doing well the chalk rises to the top again in the nfl for all the parity they talk about it's always one versus two it feels like in these conference championships
0: well and that's what it ended up being in this goal around. and i do say bravo to you you had the philadelphia eagles a week ago as the lone underdog that was able to cover out of the four doggies from last week. So bravo to you. And it was an Eagles game that they got out to a 14 to nothing lead. You got to credit the saints a bunch for not caving in and being upset at home. A large part, very underrated Kevin is their defense because yes, they have drew Brees, Yes. They have uh, Alvin Kamara running the ball, Michael Thomas catching the ball, but they played great defense down the stretch of that game, especially from the first quarter on, Philadelphia didn't score. Fourth quarter when they had to have it, I know the ball goes through Alshon Jeffrey's hands, but they get the interception. But they didn't—they didn't allow a point after the first quarter. Is my point? Credit the Saints with gutting out a win, not by outscoring the Eagles, but by playing some defense.
1: They did, and you know the Eagles hung around this time after giving up 48 the first time around against the Saints. And yeah, obviously the Saints are a better team, you know, in that matchup. But I will throw this one out before we put it to bed that pretty amazing that Nick Foles in five playoff starts for the Eagles is five no against the spread
0: that is that is impressive and he had been four no coming into the game overall that's his first playoff loss he was looking to match Tom Brady as the only other guy in the 2000s to start with five straight playoff wins in their career uh it didn't happen the Saints win the game the Saints get to host the championship game quick reaction from you it appears from all outward signs Foles has played his last game as an eagle I don't see any way they re sign him without the assurance that he would be the starter. I don't know. I mean, what do you make of this situation? Are they going to go back to Wentz even though he's been injured at the end of the last two seasons? Or is is Nick Foles done in Philadelphia? What's your read?
1: Uh, You know, I'm just, I'm torn on it because Foles went on a nice run in the playoffs, had a great Super Bowl, but it also is that a fluky thing with him. Did he. Did he win a Super Bowl where, you know, he, he just played the game of his life? Or, you know, is he a legit, you know, starting quarterback in the NFL? I mean, I think he can be a starter, but when you have someone like Carson Wentz, you can't give up on him that quickly, even though he's had some injuries. I think you got to move on from Foles just because, you know, Wentz has got to be the future. And, look, Foles got you a, a Super Bowl title. And you know what, you move on from him, I think it's fine. Go with the younger guy and be done with it.
0: What else struck you from last week? We're going to preview the two games a little more in our final segment and make predictions. But I was I was shocked, for example, at how the, the Rams ran it down the Cowboys' throat the way that they did and the way that they won their game. You look at how easily New England dispatched the, the Chargers, I know they dressed up the final score with a couple of fourth-quarter touchdowns, but the game was 38-7, to 7. and really the Chiefs were also very impressive. Anything else stand out from the divisional round of the playoffs for you, Kevin?
1: I mean, everyone, it felt like, and I think we talked about it last week, they were just down on the Patriots. And for some reason, Like we, we've quit on the Patriots, who are the only undefeated team at home throughout the regular season, and the Chargers, who were great on the road and had a fantastic season— that they were going back out east for the second consecutive week, which is not easy for anybody, and the Patriots were ready for them. The Patriots, had, I think, had won seven straight divisional round games and covered six of those, so you're laying four. I mean, you got to win by a touchdown, and and they were just cruising out of the gate. So I just think if people gave up on on the Patriots really quickly, it was a nice job by the Rams because I I really believe – that out of the four teams this weekend I think that the Rams needed that win more than anybody else because of all the talk with Sean McVay and you know he's like the the next coming as far as an elite head coach in the NFL that if he goes two straight years winning the NFC West and then losing the first playoff game at home that just looks bad and I get if they lose this week it's gonna be disappointing but at least they got that first playoff win with him as the head coach so The Rams needed that win desperately.
0: Absolutely, they did. The voice of Kevin Rogers there uh, a little bit later on in the show. J.B. Long will be here, the play-by-play voice on the radio of the L.A. Rams, to talk about how stoked they are. There are a lot of things to do in L.A. Glitz, glamour, Hollywood, entertainment, the sports teams. The bar has been set high for a lot of years with what the Lakers have previously done or the Dodgers being in the World Series. Uh, the The championship caliber football of USC and now the NFL is back with both the Rams and the Chargers uh, playing back in the city and the Rams. Hey, they had Hollywood on the sideline, Hollywood and entertainment and sports coming together on the sideline the other night against the Cowboys for the wild uh, NFC divisional round game. So we'll talk more about the Rams with J.B. Long and that whole situation with going to rematch the Saints um, in, in a little bit. Uh, I promise that when we bring Kevin back, we'll talk some about the coaching carousel, and uh, then we'll get into the picks of the two championship games, including some amazing stats involving the Patriots. Kevin, just a quick comment right now for the audience. Staggering is the word that I would use. Eight straight championship games by the Patriots. I mean, there are a lot of players that play in their career and may play in one conference championship game, maybe a couple if you've been around with Tom Brady for a few years, you play in four in a row, five in a row, eight in a row. It's ridiculous how consistent they've been to get to the championship game of the AFC eight straight seasons. Quick thought from you.
1: Honestly, I think it's a more impressive streak than what LeBron did going to the finals eight straight years in the NBA. Just because of all the turnover in the NFL and Brady's had so many different rosters it feels like so many different receivers running backs to deal with I mean yes the constant is Brady and Belichick and even all the coaches that have gone in and out of there for that to reach that level is is
0: remarkable yeah and they are there again 13th time and he and Bill Belichick's tandem careers in New England eighth straight AFC title game more on that with predictions coming up Uh, We are going to switch things over and talk a little college basketball now. you got to get used to the college hoops. This show will morph and mold into college basketball, and we've even got a couple of college basketball underdog predictions that are upcoming because, again, there are no NFL games next week. There's one lone Super Bowl in two weeks, so this show becomes all about the college hoops as Three Dog Thursday becomes a February show, then a March show, obviously the month that belongs to college basketball, and then all the way through the final four in minneapolis so some college hoops in a second first a word from our friends at u.s health it's a brand new year in 2019 are you paying too much for your health insurance premiums if you're young and you're healthy you might be and here's what's more you might be paying too much for a plan that has too high of a deductible that you don't need how do you know these answers? Find out from our friends at U.S. Health, and we want you to go to a specific agent. That is U.S. Health agent uh, Zach. He is standing by. We're referring you to him at ushagent.com slash Zach, Z-A-C-H. So, again, go to the U.S. Health agent's uh, website. We're going to a specific agent's page, U.S.H. Agent.com slash Zach. Again, he'll talk to you about saving maybe as much as 30%, maybe even 50% off your premiums. If you're young, if you're healthy, You may be paying too much for your insurance. It does not hurt to have the conversation. New enrollment going on right now. This is a nationwide PPO plan from Cigna. Again, check out USHealth, ushagent.com slash Zach to find out more from US Health. All right, so with that out of the way, Kevin Rogers, let us discuss some college basketball uh, for this 2019 year now that's going to turn into the stretch run in March and the Final Four in the NCAA tournament. We, we know some things. We've seen Duke. They're really good. Michigan undefeated at the time we're talking right now. Uh, they had a win the other night. They remain the top team in the Big Ten. Gonzaga's always good out West. They're in the top ten. Uh, Virginia, one of the unbeatens at the time that we're talking right now. You may be hearing the show later in the weekend. And Virginia's got the huge showdown with Duke coming this weekend. There are some obviously some solid teams. Tennessee looks outstanding. Put a hundred points on Arkansas on on Tuesday night. So the college season rolling, and some programs have really begun to define themselves. Right?
1: They have, and you know, Duke is, was the team out of the gate that everyone thought was just going to roll and be undefeated. And I think it's hard now in college basketball just to think that and. You know, for Duke, they had two very close games over the last few days, beating Florida State at the buzzer, losing to Syracuse in overtime, a Syracuse team that had come off a bad home loss to Georgia Tech right before that. But, uh, yeah, Michigan has just kept it rolling. And I'll tell you another team that feels very forgotten out of all of you know the teams you mentioned is Villanova, that they won the national championship last year. They lost some guys to the draft, had a bit of a slow start got killed by Michigan at home, lost to Furman at home. Furman's a good team. But uh, they're the only team right now that's undefeated in Big East play. And the Big East is competitive as always, but they're still undefeated, and they're going to be in the tournament again. Don't know if they'll win the championship, but they're another team that, that seem to be right, seem to be uh, rode off. A few months ago during non-conference play, but they've come back and uh, played very well.
0: Yeah, they had a couple losses, including in the Big Five matchup uh, with Penn upsetting them. They've still got Phil Booth from those championship teams, Eric Paschal as well. Uh, they got the win over St. John's. We were talking uh, kind of last week right, you know, with St. John's uh, with a couple of big wins, have something at Villanova. No, nope, Villanova beat them at home, so you're right. And we didn't even mention the Kansas Jayhawks. They got a big win over Texas on Monday, did the Texas two-step, beating Baylor at Baylor, and then Texas at home at Fog Allen on Monday night. They're always good, seems like. Speaking of the Patriots, eight straight AFC title games. I think it's is it 53 or 59 straight Big 12 titles. For the Kansas Jayhawks, they're always good uh, under Bill Self. So we are talking a little college hoops. Hey, one more comment just in general. Can we figure out who's good in the ACC and and how much parity is there in that conference? Because we see Pitt, who's on the rebound. Pitt beats Louisville at Louisville. Louisville turns around, of course, Kevin, and goes to North Carolina and blows them out. Roy Williams' worst home loss at North Carolina ever was last Saturday. Pitt beating them, or actually uh, Louisville, excuse me, beating them by 20 points or more in that game. Florida State and Duke look like Florida State had the upset. That's your Seminoles. He's an alum. Looked like they had the upset, but Duke hits the last second three-pointer to beat them. And then Duke turns around and plays Syracuse Monday night. Syracuse had lost at home to Georgia Tech. Kevin, stay with me, audience, on Three Dog Thursday syracuse loses at home to georgia tech they go to cameron they win against duke monday night in an overtime game the acc is crazy my friend what about that
1: it has been and pittsburgh is one of the better stories early on with jeff capel coming as the head coach they didn't win an acc game last year capel comes in and they've already improved they beat louisville they knocked off Florida State on Monday night at home, a game in which they hit, I think, 38 free throws.
0: How about that? But, uh,
1: but Pitts- yeah, Pittsburgh has definitely improved. Louisville, Chris Mack now is the head coach. with uh, They have a couple nice wins this season in his first year, including that victory they just demolished North Carolina. And the North Carolina comes back and edges past Notre Dame. Uh, so Carolina, and they you know, won at NC State, and one other one you're forgetting to mention, Wake Forest knocked off NC State, and Wake was 0-3. They looked terrible (laughs) in their first couple conference games, and NC State was kind of living on the edge for a few games, and finally Wake got them. NC State rallied in that game, but Wake got them. So really, yeah, I mean, Wake, Georgia Tech, some of these teams towards the bottom have pulled off some nice wins already in conference play and uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a fun season, definitely in the ACC.
0: Yeah, How about Georgia Tech goes to the Carrier Dome and wins, and everybody's going, okay, is that really a good win? And then Syracuse turns around and beats Duke to make it look good. So college basketball on the brain while we have Kevin here for a few moments before we get back to the NFL football. Let's get to an underdog or two with the understanding then, again, at the time that we're talking, we know about the spreads, and this will be the case from here on out for the foreseeable future. We know about the spreads in the Thursday games. For right now, We don't really know about them in the Saturday games. We don't have those available to us. But I think each of us are going to look at a Thursday night game in college basketball that for those of us, for those that are listening on Thursday, for Three Dog Thursday purposes, they should be interested in. Do you have one for me, Kevin Rogers, that you like in college basketball and why?
1: Yes, I'm going to go with a Pac-12 matchup on Thursday night in Seattle, Stanford, and Washington. Washington has uh, been very good this year. They're undefeated in Pac-12 play. So far, pulling off the Utah Colorado road sweep, also beating Washington State handily at home. Now they draw Stanford, who hung with Arizona last week, and then they they beat Arizona State handily in Palo Alto to grab their first conference win. And now they at least the opener nine ten points for uh, for Stanford in this one. Washington has not been a great heavy favorite this year; just two five and one ATS as a double-digit favorite, and yeah, if this game ends up being at nine, I mean, I think it was one and one in the nine, nine-and-a-half-point range, so basically as a heavy favorite, they've not done a good job of covering numbers in Stanford, getting a ton of points here, and also, if you look at Stanford's record this year, they've had a lot of tough losses, they played in one of those tournaments, I think, in uh, in Atlantis, where they played some good competition, they yes. lost, they also lost to Kansas, so... Uh, Their record's a little deceiving just because of who they play. They they lost to a good San Francisco team out of the West Coast Conference. So I'm going to take the
0: points here with Stanford. We love the Pac-12 after dark. Again, you may be listening later in the weekend. So Stanford is on Kevin's radar as what is currently, we'll call it, a double-digit underdog at 10 points, 10.5 points for that matchup in Washington. Love that stat. Um, I am also going to go with a Thursday game. I love some of these mid-major conferences, the one-bid conferences. Uh, I have gotten the privilege on TuneIn Radio to work the Horizon League Championship over the course of the last four years. We'll be working it again come this March, doing live play-by-play of that conference. The defending tournament champions and NCAA tournament representative are the Wright State Raiders out of Dayton, Ohio. They've got a fantastic big man in Loudon Love. They've got a veteran team. That comes back, they've got, uh, I think, three or four seniors that are key contributors. A lot of these mid-major programs, the guys are there for three or four years. That's the case for Wright State. And Wright State will do battle with Youngstown State in Youngstown, Ohio, on Thursday night. Youngstown State has struggled in the win-loss column as of late. However, they have covered the spread in five of their last six games. They have played on the road, by the way, in their last four matchups and still covered three of those times. They now come back home for a conference game on Thursday night with Wright State. The Youngstown State Penguins in this one getting five and a half points. I will go Youngstown State to keep it close, if not win this game. So I know there's a lot of there are a lot of losses on the resume, but earlier they played that pit team uh, that you were making reference to, lost to them on the road. They also lost to West Virginia. West Virginia put hundred points on them. But they're, I mean, they're obviously good. Ohio State beat them by 19, but they actually covered in that game. And again, as a as an underdog, they have covered in four of the last five matchups. So I will go Youngstown State Penguins against heavily favored Wright State to win the Horizon League. They're one of the top two teams preseason in the Horizon League. I'll take Youngstown State for Three Dog Thursday purposes on Thursday night. Go Penguins in the uh, in the red and black for Youngstown State. Roger Jaworski would be happy with me as a Youngstown, Youngstown State grad on, uh, on that one. So there we go with some college basketball. Special guest coming up. We'll talk to J.B. Long, the play-by-play man for the L.A. Rams on the call on the radio of the upcoming NFC Championship game. And Zach Gelb will be here as well, the overnight guy on Friday nights and Saturday nights. For CBS Sports Radio, nationally based out of New York City, they're both here coming up talking championship games. It's all part of Three Dog Thursday. Stay with us. As promised, NFC Championship game. It is the LA Rams. It is the New Orleans Saints. And it is my pleasure to welcome back on Three Dog Thursday. Love the insight of the Rams' play-by-play voice. He is J.B. Long, who is prepping all week. Uh, And getting ready for this uh, matchup, the winner goes to Super Bowl 53. First of all, good to have you. I guess the first question is, how fired up? I know it's midweek. I know there's a lot that goes on in L.A. How fired up is Los Angeles to be a step away here from a team being in the Super Bowl?
2: I think pretty into it. I mean, uh, what they say is true. The more you win, the deeper you go, the more exciting it gets and the more the stakes increase. So uh, I think Los Angeles is sensing that. I know I certainly am. Uh, the players that I've spoken to are ecstatic. I mean, so many of them have not won a postseason game before. So just to get that off their back and beat the Dallas Cowboys was an accomplishment. And now you're leaning on players like C.J. Anderson and Akeem leave, and you know Sam Shields and some of the individuals on your roster who have gone a little bit deeper.
0: All right, and, and so I should say to the audience, too, JB's being very gracious here, too. We may hear the airline calling him to board his plane at the time that we're talking. So we're like Jared Apologies Goff for running, running for the two-minute offense here with several different things. So I'll go quickly. In the Superdome. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, CJ Anderson, fun one, quickly. Where did that come from last Sunday night, Saturday night? What? Uh, where did that come from?
2: Well, it came out of necessity. And when Tom Gurley was banged up in a loss to the Philadelphia Eagles late in the season, the Rams realized that if they didn't get someone with veteran experience who could pick up a blitz in a hurry, Uh, they were exposing Jared Goff to potentially a season-ending injury. So they went out and grabbed him off the street. And all he's done is, you know, rush for over 400 yards. Um, So week 16, week 17, he was huge. And then just the the confidence that he instilled in their running game, the determination that he brought to the offensive lines were, has really paid dividends not only for him but for Todd Gurley coming off of that injury and rushing for over 100 last week against the Cowboys as well.
0: Yeah, it was so impressive. Hey, give me 30 seconds on that scene last week, the first playoff game in the NFL in in L.A. in, in more than 20-plus years. Uh, it was some scene on TV, but what was it like to be around that real quick last week?
2: Well, you know, I think part of the football experience right now in Los Angeles is that when you play a team with the fan base of the Green Bay Packers or the Minnesota Vikings or the Philadelphia Eagles or certainly the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to invade your building. And that's what the Cowboys were able to do in a lot of respect. And so no matter what happened, it was entertaining. When good things happened for the Rams, it was electric. When good things happened for the Cowboys, much of the same. So uh, that was a very, very special moment and one that I won't forget.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, so the first matchup, a wild high-scoring affair won by the Saints. In both championship games, you know this, it's a rematch of the regular season. How much stock do you put in meeting one for a conference championship game and a rematch?
2: Yeah, not only a rematch in both cases, but the top four scoring teams in the entire league. And in some ways, I think emblematic of the way the 2018 regular season played out. But in another respect, and specific to the NFC Championship game, I think the Saints and the Rams are here because of the way their defenses have played in pivotal moments. So I'm curious whether you know, the score gets to the 30s and 40s or if it tends to be a little bit you know, lower scoring this weekend at the Superdome. Um, you know, the rematch, it's tough to say, right? Would you rather be on the winning end or the losing end if you do get a second look at that opponent? I think the teams are significantly different. Uh, a few examples, Sheldon Rankin being injured on the defensive front for New Orleans last week. They had 10 Ginn back. They did not have Ginn when the Rams saw them in Week 9. On the opposing side, no Cooper Cuff. He's lost to a season-ending injury, but they do have a key to lead back off of IR. He did not play in that first matchup, and given all the trouble the Rams had in the secondary against Michael Thomas, I think Talit's presence cannot be overstated this time around.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, they have not rolled out the red carpet for first class yet to board J.B. Long So uh, on his plane, so I get to keep asking him questions as he joins me here, the voice of the L.A. Rams, on the radio for the NFC Championship game. Uh, Sean McVay, for the audience here, you're around him all the time and interviewing him as part of your, your radio duties. Share, share with the audience, what has that been like? What does it continue to be like as he now has the team a step away from the Super Bowl?
2: Well, it's a privilege, and everyone knows because they've seen the viral videos that Sean has total recall, you know, photographic memory, elite X's and O's skill. There's no doubt about that. And that's part of the reason that his team has found so much success 24 regular season wins in two years. But I think why the Rams are where they are and the ability of McVeigh to turn them around as a franchise has far more to do with his interpersonal skills. Uh, with the fact that he develops relationships, with the fact that he's self-aware enough to hire someone like Wade Phillips so that when he's you know pitching himself as the youngest coach in NFL history, he has a plan in terms of the staff he's going to assemble around him to complement his strengths and to compensate for what he perceives to be his weaknesses. So I think that accountability and being the guy who's going to stand at the podium after every loss and take the blame for the team's troubles is what allowed him to win over this locker room and create a culture a championship culture really when they won four games and finished last in the league and scoring the year before he arrived
0: yeah no doubt hey jared golf i've already mentioned on this podcast it's not a nuclear secret there are gonna be a lot of eyes on him on the road loud environment everything on the line you're around him a bunch here we go with the scrutiny about him being picked number one overall this is what it's all about um, I, I wonder what your thoughts and your feeling are, uh, feelings are on his makeup and being able to be ready for the moment, because, again, the Super Bowl's on the line. What about it, JB? Speculate. Yeah, I'm
2: curious to see how he reacts as well. I mean, going in his favor, I think a few things. One, his temperament is just even-keeled. He's the same pulse rate, whether or not he throws a touchdown or an interception, and that's something that complements up upbeat, energetic, enthusiastic personality really well. Jared's kind of the calming force. Um, but, you know, let's face it. If you look at the four quarterbacks that are playing this weekend, Jared's the fourth quarterback. You got two first ballot Hall of Famers, maybe the best to ever do it in Brady and Brees. And then you have this year's soon-to-be MVP and Patrick Mahomes. So I think this is kind of the environment in which Jared Goff might thrive because he's the overlooked quarterback of the group, not just in this game, but across the entire championship weekend. And yeah, he, he's under scrutiny, but not nearly as much as, say, Drew Brees, who just turned 40 this week, playing in his home stadium, who might not never, might not ever have a look as good at this one at going back to winning another ring, will have on his shoulders.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. I know you've got to go. Uh, th- there are games that you get to do, and now there's a game that is a step away from the Super Bowl. How pumped are you to broadcast this thing coming up with the Super Bowl. I know it's not the Super Bowl, but it's the step to get to the Super Bowl. How pumped are you to get ready to call this thing?
2: Well, well I'm, I'm off the charts in one respect, and then having been to the Superdome, you know, you know this, I'm concerned in another regard because of all the logistics that the Superdome brings with it. The crowd noise, the press box, how impossible <laughs> it is to see the field <laughs> and the players and all the logistics we deal with as broadcasters and broadcast teams. Um, you know, we we have our own trials and tribulations and game plans and uh, even the best laid ones, you know, go astray sometimes. So uh, concerned about all those logistics, but on the whole just uh, over the moon to be Uh, here in year three with this franchise back in los angeles and for them to have the opportunity that they do in front of them
0: well i will say this i mean there are moments and then when you get to call a game and say at the end of it the rams are headed to the super bowl that would be something else if it does come to fruition this man will be on the mic for the la rams radio broadcast he's got to get on a plane we thank you for spending a few minutes with me on the three dog thursday podcast thank you jb long you're the best
2: Yeah, I'm sorry I took a moment to connect with you, but thanks for your patience, and I'm glad we were able to do it. Hopefully again in Atlanta.
0: Three Dog Thursday brought to you in part by Paradise Golf. Go to paradise-golf.com slash football. Find out more about how you can save half off up to a $55 value off the Winter Paradise card. If you're coming to West Central Florida to golf, if you're a snowbird, this card basically pays for itself within two times of you playing. Go to paradise-golf.com slash football. Sign up and save with Paradise Golf. Dogs a barking.
1: Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues.
0: Here again is TJ Reed. We roll on getting ready for these championship games. The NFC title game, of course, New Orleans, LA Rams in the Superdome, followed by Kansas City. Oh, it's going to be cold. Kansas City and New England battling for the AFC championship. It is Three Dog Thursday, and it's good to have back on the program. Always love the insight of this guy um look uh whenever i get a chance to hook up with him it's my philly sports radio brother from another mother now a new york slash cbs national sports radio brother from another mother zach gelb is with me young man how you feeling you ready for some championship weekend football to decide who goes to the super bowl or what TJ,
3: can't wait. Have a fun weekend last weekend, and we'll do it again
0: this weekend. Always a pleasure to join you. Thanks, yes. Brad. So this uh, this guy, you're you're interesting for a lot of reasons because when I met you a few years back, about three years ago, you were a you were a student broadcaster. You talk about a meteoric rise. You were a student broadcaster going to Temple. You were in Philly, and you you have since then come out of school, guns ablazing, landing jobs. You're now doing CBS Sports Radio overnights in New York. And here's the even better footnote. You're a Patriots guy, a Patriots fan. You were in the stands in Foxborough freezing your anatomy off for the Patriots and the Chargers. I got, like, all kinds of flavors. This is like Baskin-Robbins. I got all kinds of flavors with you on Three Dog no, Thursday. I, I could
3: go for some Baskin-Robbins right now. I yeah. do have a ton of flavors. I'm actually pretty hungry. But, right. uh, yeah, that game, uh, you know, at, at Foxborough last weekend, Uh, I thought the Patriots were going to win, but when you look at all the numbers and you look at all the players, you go, wow, the Chargers are a better team. Um, It was cold in the second half. It was cold walking in. It was weird. For the first half, I thought it wasn't that bad, but I guess on the other side of the stadium, people were saying it was a little bit colder. But, hey, the Patriots did what they did. Uh, They ran the football, which they've been very good at running the football all year long, and Brady was Brady. So just when everyone thinks the Patriots are slowly fading away, they're right back in the AFC championship game facing a very, very tough Kansas City Chiefs team, as as you don't need me to tell you.
0: Yeah, well, and you've not been on the planet as long as me. I love to kid with you. But, I mean, I, I have watched a lot of pro football, a lot. To talk about eight consecutive conference championship games, I know you can't win all of them and be in the Super Bowl every single year, this is staggering, Zach Gelb. What they just, I mean, they made it look easy again down the stretch of the season, securing the home game. They made that look easy for three quarters on Sunday. It ain't that easy, folks, right?
3: No, you know, it shouldn't be this easy, but for some reason, and, and you mentioned the Patriots, they've, they've had some struggles, and I'll say that in air quotes, uh, you know, along the way. You know, they have lost some games, but since 2001, this has been a team that, you know, uh, for the most part, is going to be double digits in win, and they're going to be in it every single postseason with the chance to get to the big game or at least the AFC title game. They don't always win it, but as long as Brady and Belichick, uh, as long as Brady's under center and Belichick's on the sidelines since 2001, they've had a shot, and <laughs> hey, they, they had, like, one dynasty, you say, from from the three out of four, and now they're building, like, another dynasty. I just say it's one big dynasty, and it's the most... It's really the most dominant sports run we've ever seen since, like I said, once again, it's been since 2001, and these two guys, along with many different other pieces, they're, they're still here, and they're still finding ways to win, uh, which is it's just really remarkable, and, and it's, it's tough to even, it's something that we'll look back on, and we do it now, but it's something that we're going to look back on in 10, 15 years, and we're going to say, even though we say now, wow, we'll, we'll never see this again, we'll really say that in like another 10 years, because I, I, I don't see how a team... And with a coach and a quarterback in this league where there's so much turnover, where I'm talking to Mike Tirico over the weekend, and he's telling me that Sean McDermott, who just finished his second year is in the, uh, you know, the top, uh, you know, tier of, of coaches, you know, top 15 coaches in, in terms of tenure. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, that just finished the second year. I, I, I go, how is that possible? But it just shows you how little patience people have in this league and how people are constantly changing coaches. And it's very tough to find the quarterback as well. And, Uh, Luckily for the Pats, you know, being a Pats fan, the Pats have had that uh, since the early 2000s.
0: Hey, I, I, it's kind of like radio. I was thinking that the same way. Man, you got the same job for three years in a row. You're like in the Hall of Fame in radio. You know yeah. that, babe, that we, rock along, <laughs> that we rock along with this. As I talk with Zach Gelb here from CBS Sports Radio Network, you hear him overnight. You're going to hear him all weekend long, no matter when you're hearing us on Three Dog Thursday as part of their overnights. He's filling in for the magnificent Amy Lawrence on Thursday night. His shows, overnights, Friday nights and Saturday nights, talking lots of football on those shows, but I get a little preview with it here on Three Dog. Thursday for the conference championship games. Back to the Patriots because you were there. They ran the ball right down the Chargers throat. I don't think it takes Albert Einstein to figure out if they can do something similar. Maybe not to the same extent. They've got a great chance to win at Kansas City if they can run it like that. Why did they? How did they run it so effectively?
3: Well, it's funny. And and Rob Gronkowski, everyone's looking at him. And Gronk's not the same Gronk, but he put on a blocking clinic uh on sunday so that was a big thing the offensive line looked really well david andrews and uh trent brown who they made a nice trade and and getting rid of nate soldier when he signed with the giants and they they traded a draft pick to get trent brown he's been a nice piece for them but this is not something that was a surprise to me uh with the way the patriots have run the football because i know we all focus in on brady 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 and brady You know, people could say, oh, he's dipping in play. The guy still, when he dips in in play, is still one of the the best I've I've ever seen play uh, the quarterback position. So I wasn't really concerned with him. Uh, But with the run game, I think this has been something they've been building all throughout the year. If you remember early on in the season, people were saying, oh, what did they do? Draft Sony Michelle? he doesn't look good. They can't run the football. They have to get James White the ball more. And I've said it all throughout the year. The Patriots have been trying to really force running the football, And they've gotten better as the season has progressed because they know in the postseason with the way that the league is now structured, you always have to play good defense and run the football in the postseason. But when you see some of these offensive performances throughout the year, uh, whether it's Mahomes, whether it's Breeze or what they've even been able to do uh, out in L.A., you're thinking, well, how do you keep the offense off the field when the Patriots defense isn't that great compared to years past? And the key is to go on long drives and you have to establish the run game. So they were patient early on in the season running the football, and now you're really seeing that uh, benefit them, you know, with what happened up against Los Angeles and the Chargers. Uh, Sony Michelle has been great for this team, and he protects the football as well. And James White may not kill you on the ground, and, and he can run the football. We know that, but they love giving him those quick passes out of the backfield, and now Burkhead is back and healthy. So uh, this is something the Patriots have really been putting a point of emphasis on, and then when you're able to run the ball like that, it keeps the defense honest, and then Brady could kill you over the middle for 10, 15 yards to Julian Edelman, uh, Philip Dorsett, and the bevy of wide receivers uh, that they do have for the Patriots.
0: A few more minutes with Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio. Love Zach's insight because he's in the New York area. I want to ask him a question about that. But you also, again, were in Philadelphia for a long time. They are mourning. They got the black armbands on. They're still hanging their heads a few days later after blowing. They blew the game. They were, they were up 14 nothing on the Saints. I know there was a long way to go. But they had every chance to win that game, pull the upset, still be alive, still be in the conversation this week and be playing at Los Angeles against the Rams. It did not work out for them again you know that town you lived in that town the euphoria of winning the super bowl against your patriots by the way a year ago i don't have to remind you uh but now no, I they're the now gonna win that game i know but now <laughs> they're, they're down i know they're down and out though now in, in philly here and hanging there and wondering if Foles is gone which he probably is we were talking about that earlier on the podcast what about the eagles
3: it was a roller coaster ride because if you remember after they won the super bowl the eagles deservedly so they did some chatting and they said hey um you know this is a new norm we plan to do this every year and then midway through the season when they were struggling Doug Peterson said oh the pressure's off and I said what is he talking about this was a group last year that had so much confidence so much swagger. they embraced the underdog role and when Carson Wentz went down um which was in LA you know the first time He was saying, I'm a leader of men, and we're going to find a way to get this done. And in the middle of the season, I said, where's the confidence? I'm not seeing the confidence of a team that won a Super Bowl uh, a year ago. And and a group that you know could be very confident. They've been killed with injuries, just like they were uh, in the Super Bowl season. And then right when Nick Foles came back in, and this was a team that they looked like they were done. They they got blown out by the Saints. Um, You know, they lose to Dallas twice. I'm sitting there at 6-7, and and I'm saying – yeah, the season's over, they're going to go to L.A., and they're going to lose. Little do we know, they go to L.A., they win the game, then they beat Houston, then they beat the Redskins. Yep. Kirk Cousins doesn't show up in the final week of the season, and then boom, they're in the playoffs. And when they got in the playoffs, they said, this is a team that I I wouldn't want to play because now their confidence is back being in that locker room, and we know the double-doink happens with the, uh, the tip kicked as well. And they won that game, and I thought they were going to win the Bears game. Now, I did not think they would win the Saints game, but I thought it would be close. Uh, I was surprised that it was 14-0 early. Uh, bad job by Alshon Jeffrey has to catch the football. Uh, the offense just wasn't that sharp after going up 14-0. And when you give Drew Brees and, and that team so many opportunities, they're going to find a way. Uh, Nick Foles, we know he's, he's, he's not going to be returning. Um, he's probably either going to be a free agent, they want a franchise tag him, whatever they want to do. Uh, we'll figure that out. But Carson Wentz is their guy. And I debated that when I was been hosting on WIP. Some people say you got to go with Foles. you got to go with Foles. And I said you can't get rid of Carson Wentz. When he was healthy, and that's the big key, you know, when he's healthy, he has the potential to be an MVP candidate because he was playing MVP ball before he did tear the ACL, and now has the back injury. But they're going to move on from Nick Foles. There'll be statues about Nick Foles. There already are in Philadelphia. There'll be more coming. And, and they'll always love him for what he was able to do because – hey, when push came to shove, uh, you know, when they won the Super Bowl, he was money against the Vikings, he was money against the Patriots, Super Bowl MVP, and then the following year the team looked dead and he was able to get a little playoff run out of them. So the Eagles, they'll be fine, they'll be back. Uh, Doug Peterson deserves more credit. I know everyone's trying to find the next Sean McVay, which I get, because he's young, he's innovative, and he does a tremendous job, and there's so much respect for Sean McVay. But Doug Peterson – uh, three years in, after being called the village idiot and was told that he's the least qualified coach uh, ever to be hired in the league, he's made the playoffs twice. Um, Is one year he didn't make the playoffs. Has a, ring, nine, has a ring. ring. Has a
0: by the ring, by the way. Yes, head. has a ring. That shuts a lot of people up quickly, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it does. And you know what? Does the guy have some weird moments? Yes, but the guy's a heck of a football coach, and he knows how to relate to his players. And also, could we stop with the Jim Schwartz bashing uh, this guy was playing with, with some people that no one could even identify before the season started the secondary and got them to the, to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. So the Jim Schwartz bashing that I hear from some people is ridiculous as well. The Eagles will be fine. They'll be back next year. That division is interesting because the giants, I, uh, you think will get better. It was Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham, the Cowboys, uh, a good season uh, turning it around, even though it was disappointing last week. And I don't know what to make out of the Redskins. So uh, it seems like it's a three team race, really in the NFC East. And, uh, you could throw a dart on the board and, and for next year, and we'll see what they do in the off season. But I'd be surprised if the Eagles aren't right back in the mix, and maybe as one of the better teams in the NFC next year. But th- there will be some changes, and the quarterback has to stay healthy. So uh, we'll see what happens there, especially on the offensive line. There's some rumors, you know, with Peters and yep. and, and Kelsey. So. Uh, we'll find a way to happen. Uh, see what happens in
0: Philly. No doubt, we got to scoot in a couple minutes. I know you do too, Zach Gelb. Gracious to hang out here on Three Dog Thursday as we get ready for Championship Weekend. Two games remain to decide who is in Super Bowl Fifty Three the Saints and that defense is better I mean I I saw them week one you know this you know what I do I'm I'm the sideline guy standing right down there watching the Bucs and Ryan Fitzpatrick barbecue that defense to the tune of 41 offensive points 48 total points one of them was a defensive touchdown in that game they've gotten better defensively they're not Hall of Fame but they are better defensively and they're good on special teams too they're going to be very tough to beat all right so now I do what talk show hosts do I, I pose this to you which road team has the be- take the patriot jersey off please which road oh, team sure. has i'm joking has the better chance the rams or the pats this weekend and why oh let
3: me take my willie mcginnis jersey please off for you real quickly, yes uh, take the patriots
0: I, I- eye black from out under the eyes and answer thank you yes go ahead i,
3: I think it's the patriots though. oh i'm um, shocked the I think i'm it's the stunned
0: patriots- i gotta lie down keep going no
3: two reasons. One, I think it's very tough to go into that building in New Orleans and win, um, especially when you're 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl. And then number two, it's going to be cold. I love the Patriots run game uh, right now and the way that they're clicking. And there's no Kareem Hunt in this game. And I know Tyreek Hill has given the Patriots some problems. Kelsey, they've done a nice job on him for what you could do up against Travis Kelsey. I think the Chiefs miss Kareem Hunt a little bit. Hey, both these games, could come down to a flip of the coin. And uh, hopefully for football fans, they do come down to a flip of the coin. But just cold weather, a lot of people counted the Patriots out a few weeks ago in terms of getting back to the Super Bowl. You know, th- there's no great answer here for either of these teams, but I'll take my chances with the Patriots, with Brady and Belichick going up against Reed, um and maybe he has a brain freeze uh, in the cold uh, out there uh, in Kansas City. Um, because he's not been great in the postseason would it shock me if the Chiefs win no because Patrick Mahomes has been great would it shock me if the Rams win no Uh, but you hit on the run game Uh, that Saints defense their run defense does not get enough credit I think they were second in the league in terms of uh, yards per attempt this year you know allowed yards per game allowed uh, on the ground Um, and and, and this defense for the Saints they don't get enough credit because we're all focused on the offense and we know what the Rams were able to do last week Gurley um, and Anderson as well so I kind of get a feel that we're going to get New England and New Orleans. Now, it's early in the week, so maybe I'll, I'll change that before I have to make a pick <laughs> by uh, Sunday morning. Uh, but right now, I'm going New Orleans and, and New England, and I would call that the mini Roger Goodell Super Bowl because uh, you have a deflate gate, which yep. he had to impose his uh, punishment on, and you have Bounty gate. So either way, for the commissioner, if it's New Orleans or the Patriots in the Super Bowl, whoever would win that, He's gonna get booed and booed ridiculously on the, on, you know, not ridiculously, but booed yeah. in a loud way uh, on the Super Bowl stage. So I bet you he's probably rooting for the Chiefs and the Rams. So that doesn't
0: happen. <laughs> I love, uh, I love the way that you mixed and matched all of that together. Wonderfully done. You're already a veteran now of national sports radio. You've never met an opinion that you couldn't change later on. I love that. Though there's a great thing. It's like politics. Just change, babe. Just, just go ahead and go the other way. So uh, I Well, love- let's
3: be real, TJ. If I'm picking the Patriots. And people are just giving them a homer anyway. Yes, i got to exactly. find a
0: bloviate of that course. Of course, bloviate is an excellent word <laughs> and an excellent choice on that. All right, plug away on the Three Dog Thursday podcast for our for our audience. When are we hearing you uh, this weekend, and how are we hearing you on CBS Sports Radio late night? Go.
3: Sure. So uh, we got some good guests for you. We'll have um, uh, Isaac Bruce will join us. We'll have uh, Troy Brown, uh, some of the guys that will be joining us throughout the week, and, and many more. Kevin Falk as well. So – uh, we'll have some good shows for you the next three days. It's going to be uh, you know starting Thursday into Friday, Friday into Saturday, Saturday into Sunday. 11 p to 3 a on the West Coast, 2 to 6 on the East Coast. Uh, 200 affiliates, CBS dot com, the Radio dot com app as well, and Sirius XM channel 206. So uh, you can listen to me there. You can also follow me on Twitter at Zach Gell. That's Z A C H Y E L B. Not that tough to spell, but it is for some. As I've got in Blag, or there's actually a Matt Gilb in Philadelphia, which I often get confused for. <laughs> um, so, you know, there was an article today that said, oh, Zach Gilb of The Athletic reports this. And I go, oh, I didn't know I got a paycheck from The Athletic. Um, I would like one of those.
0: Right, exactly. I got me
3: confused with Matt. Uh, so you can get me there. And then I'm also occasionally on WIP, I'll be popping on there. Uh, early next week so just check the twitter and, and we'll promote it all out there or you know just keep listening here and i'll, I'll bet you i'll be back on in beautiful week get love, you back yep,
0: my love love some zach gelb again follow him on twitter find him on cbs sports radio again he's filling in for amy lawrence on after hours thursday night if you're hearing us on three dog thursday overnight thursday night his uh, normal slot there friday night and saturday night overnight leading right into championship sunday of the saints rams chiefs patriots variety always good to catch up uh with you so uh let's enjoy these games let's see what happens keep rocking along on the radio i'm proud of you my friend keep doing well keep succeeding and thank you for hopping on three dog thursday with me TJ,
3: all the love always appreciate it thank you
0: Oh, we are back in one more time. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to the little guy, the underdog. We had some college basketball picks earlier in the show. We'll go back over those in a couple of moments. We'll call back in senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. Back with me once more to talk pro football. Before we get into the two conference championship games, which are Saints hosting Rams in the early game Sunday and the late game about 640 Eastern time or so is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the New England Patriots. Uh, before we get into those actual matchups, coaching carousel still spinning for some teams. Since last we talked with you, you're based in South Florida. Uh, in South Florida, you've been in and around the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they are still without a coach at the moment. It's believed they've zeroed in on the Patriots defensive uh, specialist, defensive play caller Brian Flores. They can't hire him until the Patriots are done with the playoffs. That may be this weekend. Then again, the Patriots might win, and they got to wait till after the Super Bowl. But the former Dolphin coach, Adam Gase, ends up in New York with the Jets. Uh, Kevin, I want your reaction to that since we last talked on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Gase stays in the division, gets to go against the Dolphins. Do you have a thought on that for me?
1: Well, I mean, I just find it odd in how sought after he was. That he was all right down here, wasn't great. You know, there have been worse coaches down here, which is saying something. But uh, he does have the opportunity to work with Sam Darnold. He has Peyton Manning's blessing, you know, so that's obviously heavily weighted. And you know, he missed out on Darnold's rookie year, so now he gets a one year under his belt. And, I mean, look, it, it, I don't I don't wish any ill will against him. You know, it, it's one of these things that if he's successful elsewhere, you say, why wasn't he successful here? And then if he's not, then you say, well, he was the back coach overall. So that's kind of the thing, and you know, but the Dolphins can't worry about what the Jets do. They, they really can't, even though the case is they probably will. But they really can't worry about that. The Dolphins, you know, you, as you mentioned, Brian Flores, probably the, the next head coach. You know what? Are you excited? Or are you not excited? I mean, you know, if you're Green Bay, are you excited about Lafleur? If you're Arizona, are you excited about Kingsbury? I mean, there's just a lot of coaches that are getting hired. I mean, the only one that's really has a proven track record is Bruce Arians in yeah. Tampa. Past that, everyone else. You know, we don't know anything about them. You know, no one knew anything about Sean McVay in LA. So that's one way to look at it. There's also a lot of other guys that no one knows anything about that become failures. So it's really like, are you excited? Eh, whatever, see what happens. You know, it didn't work with Adam Gase so try someone else.
0: It's interesting that Mike McCarthy, who was fired during the season by Green Bay, all of those openings, he didn't get a job. But Adam Gase, the one winning season, one playoff season three years ago within two losing seasons, he does get another head coaching opportunity uh, in New York. One thing we know, uh, in the New York media, forget about what you think you know about the South Florida media or another place. The New York media will eat him alive, and we saw that with the press conference stuff, with the eyes and kind of the 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 ticks and the nervous stuff that we saw from the body language. You got to go win some football games because New York they have zero toleration for anything, especially losing. Let's see how Gase will do um, in in that situation. So again, there are two teams: the Bengals are the other ones, apparently waiting on the Rams. Quarterback coach Zach Taylor to be their coach. A lot of guys, as you mentioned, that'll be first time coaches, including if it's Flores in Miami uh, coming from the New England Patriots. All right, so that gets us. To The two championship games, Uh, we're each looking at a possible underdog here. As I set the parameters with Kevin previously, you don't have to take either one of these as an underdog. I don't have to take either one of them as an underdog. So let's find out together for all of us with the audience if Kevin likes either one of the underdogs, in this case the Rams getting three and a half or the New England Patriots getting three points at the time we're taping the show in Kansas City. Kevin, let's begin with that first matchup, Rams-Saints. Quickly, what does this game come down to, and do you like the Rams maybe as an underdog here in the rematch?
1: I I do like the Rams. It scares me a little bit that there's a lot of people nationally that like them. They look like a public underdog, but I'll tell you why I think that they're worth a look. This is their first time as an underdog this season. All right, The first time they played New Orleans when they were undefeated and then lost that 45-35 game, they were a one and a half point favorite. Now they're flipped to a three and a half point underdog. They're playing the same location. The difference is with the Chiefs and, and Patriots, they're playing a different location. This one, they're playing the same location at the Superdome. That was the game the Saints jumped out to a huge lead. The Rams made a great comeback, and uh, the Michael Thomas touchdown at the end was the one that that pretty much you know did in the uh, the Rams in that game. But. The way I look at it is the Rams, at least the last two weeks of the season, kind of shirt things up after they had some bad performances against the Bears and the Eagles uh, in December. And the Rams have always been a good road team under Sean McVay. And I think that here, going back to New Orleans, where I mean, they did score 35 points in that first game, granted they gave 45, uh, the Saints just haven't been very sharp. And, and Jared Goff may not be elite, but you know Jared Goff is still a step up from Nick Foles, you still have Todd Gurley, who the Eagles don't have anybody like that, you know, and, you know, the the, the defense and the receivers, I, I just think they're in this spot of where they're at, and the Saints have a ton of pressure on them. With Drew Brees, we don't know if he's going to get this opportunity again to be potentially a Super Bowl. I just think the Rams, that, that I wouldn't be shocked if they win this
0: one. Well, and in this matchup, again, we touted the Saints' defense earlier in the show. Can the Rams' defense hang in? Uh, They've been a little bit suspect. They played well enough in the game last week. Will the Rams be able to run the ball? I don't think so against the the Saints. So now the onus is going to be on Jared Goff. So you like them as the underdog in that matchup. And that will lead us to the other game, which is the Patriots and the Chiefs that we've been talking about. Temperature going to be below 10 degrees at kickoff with the wind chill. May feel like uh, right around zero. Very cold for this matchup in the Midwest. Uh something says to me, New England Patriots. I'll tell you what it says to me. This is the first time in 68 games, Kevin Rogers, that New England has been an underdog. You got to go back to when Tom Brady was suspended at the beginning of the 2016 season for the last time, regular season or playoffs, they've been an underdog. They've been very good in these situations throughout the postseason. Now they haven't played a lot of AFC playoff games on the road. Uh, much less a championship game the last three times they've played a championship game New England on the road they've lost them all two to Denver and one to Indianapolis but still I I like the Pats here eight straight conference title games I like Belichick over Andy Reid in a coaching matchup the way New England ran the ball last week impresses me I will take the Patriots Kevin I don't know if you want to agree with me uh, but give me some analysis, a, a comment or two, on Chiefs trying to make the Super Bowl, or are the Patriots back in it again?
1: You know, it's so tough because I believe the last five years the home teams are ten and zero in the championship games, and obviously that goes against me, you know, taking right. the Rams. But uh, but still, you know, and you mentioned the the point about the Patriots losing the last three on the road, all to Peyton Manning the AFC Championship. And uh, it's a very difficult game, you know, uh, for me, that the Chiefs know they can score on the Patriots. We saw that first matchup. But also, you know, if you want to be fair, Kareem Hunt played in that game, and he played well, obviously, he's not the team anymore. And they had a the late touchdown of Tyree Kill. That, uh, yeah, this is, this is a tough one. It really, really is. Um, I mean, for right now, I'm, I'm staying away from it. But uh, it's
4: you're going make an argument for both these
0: teams. Well, and, and if you're if you're New England and you get in the Super Bowl yet again, uh, staggering, and they will definitely have to earn it. It'll be raucous in in Arrowhead, even in the freezing cold. Let's see if they can run it. Let's see if the defense can hang in against Mahomes. I like the Pats here. I like them to win the game outright. And how wild would it be if the Super Bowl is in Atlanta, the hated uh, division rival the Saints, and then the Patriots who overcame the 28-3 to deficit to beat them would be the two teams in the ATL to play in the Super Bowl. Falcon fan, Atlanta sports fan, does not want to hear that or have that, but that may be be about to be what the reality is for Super Bowl 53. We will find out. All right. So there are our underdog predictions in the NFL. Kevin, as always, they can find out much more information like what you've been dispensing here on the NFL playoffs or earlier with the college basketball. It's all available right now at VegasInsider.com, sir.
1: It is, and uh, we're now to three games left in the NFL, and uh, we'll have our previews up uh, you know, later in the week for the two games, Then, obviously we'll find out in a few days who's going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, besides that, you know, football's coming to a close. We still have plenty of NBA, plenty of college basketball on a daily basis, so uh, that you can't, uh, you can't miss. Also, NHL. So uh, still a busy time as we get through the next two months before we hit March Madness. Coming up, uh, you know, in about uh, what six weeks or so, so that's going to be fun with the conference uh, title games, and, or the, the conference tournaments rather, yep. and the NCAA tournament. So. Really, uh, a lot going on. Even if you don't know football, plenty of stuff to wager on. at dot
0: Yeah, you can check it all out with all these different uh, news items and information and stats and the whole thing. Uh, follow them at Twitvi on Twitter. Follow him at Vi Rogers. Uh, by the way, a free plug for another one of our podcasts. We've seen that. I saw you because of the whole controversy with Donald Trump and serving the uh, the McDonald's, the the Big Macs, the Wendy's burgers, the pizza that you were you were touting uh, the McDowell's Big Mick from Coming to America, Cleo McDowell, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, John Amos, James Earl Jones, uh, and and the and, and McDowell's uh, you were charging the you were you were uh, definitely saying hey the Big Mick should be a, a bigger factor in, s- in some of this. So we tout our our fellow podcast through radioinfluence.com. Uh, uh, we've seen that and Coming to America is the movie this week, something that you love as well. You can find out more about McDowell's and the Big Mick is all I'm saying on that podcast. But you're you a big fan. They,
1: they, CJ, they have the Golden Arches, we have the Golden Arches.
0: That's exactly right. You get those McDonald's people out of here. Are those people from McDonald's? I don't think so, sir. All right, so uh, good stuff with the movies. Go check out. We've seen that. Good stuff with the underdogs. Follow, follow Kevin. He's a hilarious follow at uh, VI Rogers. Follow this show with Three Dog Thursday. Again, Kevin going with a Thursday night Stanford Pac-12 underdog getting 10 points against Washington. I like Youngstown State as a college basketball underdog on Thursday night with one of the conference favorites, Wright State. They get five and a half at home. Kevin likes the Rams on Sunday. I will take the Patriots as the underdog on Sunday. So there are your underdog predictions. We will know this time next week who's in Super Bowl 53. Let's find out what happens. Lots more college basketball to talk starting next week as well. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the show. Uh, our thanks to our guest, J.B. Long, uh, with me from the L.A. Rams radio broadcast. Thanks, as always, to Kevin Rogers, Senior Handicapper, Vegas Insider. Kevin, thank you. Enjoy the championship games and the college hoops. We'll talk to you next week.
1: All right, you got it, CJ. Thank you.
0: Very well, Kevin, and we look forward to those championship games that are going to be coming up this weekend. My thanks also to J.B. Long, who'll be on the call for the L.A. Rams radio broadcast of the NFC Championship game with the Saints. You can hear him through Sirius XM, the TuneIn Radio app, and on the Rams Radio Network. Thanks also to Zach Gelb, CBS Sports Radio Overnights, coming up on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. No matter when you're hearing us on 3-Dog Thursday, check him out on the overnight shows on CBS Sports Radio Network through their app, through their website, and all of their over-the-air affiliates. And we remind you, subscribe to 3-Dog Thursday, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Here on the show, get it automatically. We look forward to these championship games. We're back next Next week, talking Super Bowl 53 matchup and a whole lot more college basketball as well. For Kevin Rogers, I'm T.J. Reeves. Go get them. Woof, woof with the underdogs on Three Dog Thursday this weekend. Bye.
2: This is a Rush the
1: Field quick fix on Radio Influence.
4: On Monday,
3: it was the deadline for underclassmen to declare for the NFL draft. Of course, the biggest name of them all, Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray, who is deciding between baseball and football, declared for the NFL draft. He can still
4: change his mind, but at least now his options are open, which is important because the deadline was Monday. Yeah. Changing his mind is the optimal word because I think this has been the plan all along. It's been a ploy to create leverage or should I say he has leverage with the ability to play two professional sports. And this is all what it's about. It's uh, Hey, if I don't get more money, baseball, Oakland A's, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go play football. And the reality is this Kyler is a talented young athletic quarterback that is not one of those sure things, you know, in my view, first round caliber graded quarterback. Um, some may have him graded there. I think he's not quite in that class, but I think he can be pretty good. I think having the, the option to do both will only help him from a baseball leverage standpoint. If he wants to get more money and, and there may be willing to give him a little bit, we'll see how that plays out. But I, I don't, You know, from a standpoint of, you know, we're not talking about a guy that's going to be the first pick in the NFL draft. Um, That's not what type of player this guy is. And certainly you're not going to be willing to take, in my view, I would not take him in first, second, third, fourth round, unless I was convinced that he was totally done with baseball.
1: Rush the Field with Scott Seidenberg and Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and
4: RadioInfluence.com.